0: Hi everyone, my name's Greg Knight. And I'm Ricardo Avila. The Popping Collars marketing department has let Ricardo and I know that we have a problem with attracting and retaining younger listeners. You know, because we're old.
1: (laughs) So we've recently purchased a Zoom millennial translator for our podcast promos so that young people will finally know what we're talking about.
0: Let's fire up! Since we're the longest running Episcopal podcast, we have a lot of shows sitting in our archives. Stop the cap.
1: You are straight up whiling. All that mid stuff is T L D R.
0: (laughs) That's why we have the PC side pod take two, which allows us to go back and reevaluate some of our past episodes. Leo pointing meme. Stop gaslighting me, bro. You're trying to red
1: pill me right now with this finsta account. (laughs) I don't even know what that is. (laughs) oh god i don't even understand what is leo pointing (laughs) theme
0: for real we haven't always had the greatest takes in the world and some pop culture has shifted pretty significantly take two gives us the chance to admit where we made mistakes and highlight how pop culture has evolved over the last couple of years (laughs) i was today years old when i learned about this i
1: apologize i was not familiar with your game you got that dog in you. <laughs> NGL. I did not have this on my
0: 2023 bingo card. So ch- <laughs> oh, man. So check out Take Two right here on the Popping Collar Speed and relive our wisdom and more frequently our embarrassment firsthand. This is fine. We live in a society. Chef's
1: Kiss. I was this close to rage quitting, but this idea is pretty grammable. Y'all are the goat. Episcopod, goat. Episcopod.
0: Okay, Ricardo, we can turn off the translator and head off to lunch now.
1: I could go beast mode on some food right now. T T Y L, peeps. Uh, we may have a problem. <laughs> what is T T Y L? Talk to you later. Oh, for God's sake.
0: Some kind of way out of here. <laughs> Say that Hi, everybody. Welcome to the new and improved PC Music Diary with me, Greg Knight, and my co host, Ricardo Avila. Welcome back, Ricardo. To hey, our- Greg. Greg, it's good to be back. I know that we usually save this for like the main pod, you know, our talking about weather and all of that stuff. We just had like one of those cold Florida days, which means that it was like 85 degrees. And so everybody had their sweaters on and their jackets. It was really sweet.
1: Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? Do you really wear sweaters for the 85? Oh, yeah. Years?
0: Yeah. Whenever it gets like under 90, like everybody starts breaking out winter clothes. It's hilarious. Uh, when I went I went to college at the University of Wisconsin-Madison.
1: And after a long winter, uh, the first day, it was like 45 degrees. Or 50 degrees, people would be out in shorts and tank tops, throwing frisbees, you
0: know. <laughs> hey, let's talk about music. I would love to. This is my favorite thing to talk about. I don't know why we do a pod. I don't know why we just don't do a music podcast. Like that should Greg, just be what popping collars is.
1: Greg, you're and you're kind of singing my tune. <laughs> Um, I, I, because the topic that we are going to address today, I'm thinking there is no way this can just be one episode. It's just impossible. There's just too much. Yeah. It it
0: feels a little unwieldy.
1: Yeah. You know, I was actually thinking that I would, you've, you've invited people to come in with their own podcasts. And if we, you know, like them, we might put them on the show. Mm -hmm. I was thinking of sending one in anonymously. (laughs) (laughs) my music podcast would you show me uh on your feed
0: anyway (laughs) our topic today is uh covers so cover songs that's what we're going through so ricardo and i our new and improved pc music diary is basically we've each created a top five list well we've created a top five ish list Uh, between the two of us right that we're going to talk about but before we get to our top five list ricardo what do you look for in a cover song what makes a good cover song
1: i actually don't think this question is for me no offense that helpful uh because wow there i know know, know,
0: i've already dissed you haven't i (laughs) um and that's the last pc music diary episode thank you all for listening
1: Y <laughs> L here, okay here's my answer i think the best cover songs bring out the essence of the original in a way that the ess- that the original doesn't necessarily focus in on and and that's a little vague um i mean i think i don't think the song that's a cover has to necessarily be that different from the original in order to be a good cover song i think it can be pretty faithful And yet, you know, the person singing can have a a tone in her voice that brings out the poignancy or somehow the way the guitar is played. So I, I, you know, I think it really varies. But I think bringing out something of an essence of the original is um, what makes a great cover song. What do you think?
0: Well, Ricardo, last night I was watching a cover band. So like a tribute band that does covers right Uh, live yeah live. oh in downtown west palm beach there's an amphitheater and uh once a month on sunday afternoons they will have bands come in and perform and they're usually like tribute bands and so Mm -hmm. i listened to a cover band play uh covers of duran duran and then they stopped they went off stage they changed clothes, and then they came back out, and they did covers of David Bowie songs.
1: Oh, and were they dressed like Duran Duran and then like David
0: Bowie? I guess the first time, I guess maybe he was dressed like Simon LeBon, I suppose. Okay. The David Bowie outfit, mm, I don't know. It was like a blue suit, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But, uh... But he, he he did the Bowie affect, you know how Bowie sings and it's like rrr, 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 you know that kind of thing, that deep sort of girl. <laughs> I don't know what they played down in Florida. <laughs>
1: um oh you mean like the let's
0: dance like Like that, right?
1: Let's dance.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, right? So he was able to get that, you know, that sort of Bowie sound, you know? Okay. Anyway, all of this is to say that it struck me as I was watching them that, like, the point of a tribute band like that is to copy the artist as closely as possible, right? To basically just mimic the song. Right. So that everybody who's listening will think, "Oh, I know that song. That's Let's Dance by David Bowie." And so I'm going to stand up and dance, right? Because right. I know this song and it brings me comfort. But what you were talking about before this idea of finding a the essence of the song or finding a new way of hearing the song or something strikes me as sort of reinterpretation. And those are the cover songs that when I think about cover songs on the radio or cover songs, you know, that I would listen to um, on a Spotify playlist or something, it's, it's that it's, it's finding a different way of communicating the original song. Right. So it's finding like a whole new way of exploring sort of what the original song uh, was getting at. So like, I, I'm a big fan of covers that sound completely different from what the original was. So, I mean, like a perfect example would be uh, with a little help from my friends by Joe Cocker. Right. Which is, which is a lovely, in my mind, and I know that like everybody has a take on Joe Cocker's voice and stuff, but like that's a perfect cover because it's something that Ringo Starr would never be able to do with the Beatles, right?
1: Often, what will bring out the essence of the original in my mind is paradoxically uh, bringing your own take to it, your own kind of um, style to it, right? Mm-hmm. So, for example, the Joe Cocker wailing by with a little help from my friends as opposed to the... Is it Ringo Starr who sings that? in mm-hmm. uh, the Beatles? It's a little more sing-songy. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah. And, and, and that brings out kind of the... There's a roughness
0: in Joe Cocker's voice. So it, that makes it... Do little- you ever wonder why songs get chosen for covers? Like, is it because the artist who's covering it just really likes the song? Or because because when you were talking about them bringing their own thing to it, like I'm not sure that Johnny Cash picked Hurt to sing. Maybe Rick Rubin probably picked it for him. He was probably like, oh, this would be a good song for you to sing. You should sing this. But there's something about that song, the lyric of that song that fits really well with what Johnny Cash is bringing to it. And so it makes me wonder if like when, people do really good covers is it because they really love the song and they just want to do something different with it or is it because there's something about that song that may not be quite right for the original artist and maybe is better interpreted by a different artist in a different context
1: i think it's all all of those things it it can be Hmm. it depends right so rem In, like, the I don't know, was it the 90s? I think they were on every tribute album possible. Um, you know, uh, now I can't think of any (laughs) Richard Thompson, they were they did a song on there, they did a song on um, (laughs) I can't think of any, but I remember thinking, oh, I bet REM will be on this tribute, and sure (laughs) enough, they were. Um, so they have a lot of influences, and I think they were really keen on letting people know that these are the people that we loved who influenced us, like, um big star you know that show that 70s show that's called yeah. that 70s show that first saw their theme song like hey yeah that's big star and um so REM were fans of theirs and so they I don't know they wanted to be on the tribute CD and they were fans of Richard Thompson and so they were on the tribute CD and they were fans of you know somebody else. And so I think some of it is an homage to something that you've loved in the past and you want to let people know or signify these things were important to me. But other things like you mentioned, Johnny Cash, I don't know. I I don't know if he picked those songs or Rick Rubin picked those songs, but they're in keeping with his persona, as you say, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he covers Neil Diamond's solitary man. And your idea of Johnny Cash is that he's this kind of intense loner who happens to have a wife and kids, but, you know, dresses in black and, you know he's and so he'll he'll sing hurt by 9 inch nails because it's an intense song about loss mm-hmm. you know and turning people away and he sure enough was addicted at some point or an alcoholic i forget what or both what i love about cover songs and i rediscovered this by doing some research for this for this episode their invitations from artists who have been somewhere that i haven't been before to Try something I don't know. To try something new. This song meant something to me, so I want you to know it and appreciate it, maybe the way I did. And I think it's such a gift. It feels like a relationship, you know, in, in yeah. the best in the best versions of it uh, of cover songs. People are actually wanting you to get to know something that they have loved and communicate it to you in their own way. I don't know what the reasons were, why people chose whatever cover songs they did to do. But I'm going to go ahead and give them the benefit of the doubt and assume that they wanted us to, they wanted to share something that they loved. Sean Colvin does a version of the song Words by the Bee Gees. You know, it's only words mm-hmm. and words are all I have. To take your heart away. And she does it in her own way with her lovely voice. And it's so plaintive uh, that it makes you think, gosh, those Bee Gees, we think of them as kind of, you know, again, sing-songy. But she found that essence of kind of pain. Like the singers doesn't know whether the words are going to work and they're going to get what they long for. But like, I'm just, this is what I give you to try to get you to love me. It's lovely. It's such a gift. I, I mean, I had I came across so many stories of these songs without even knowing a lot about the artists that I thought, they're giving me this song. They're gifting me this thing I would never have heard of otherwise if I hadn't heard the cover.
0: Let's get to our top five cover songs, top five-ish cover songs, because I think we may sneak in some extras here or there. Top 25. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I right. gotta do settle this. in, folks. Five hour pod. Do you want to kick us off with your number five? Oh, I didn't number them. Do you want to kick us off with one of your yes. possible five? Is this okay to do to oh, share my yeah, screen? Yeah, sure. Oh, you're you are sharing your screen with me. I, I am, sure am. looking at a I'm looking at a playlist of cover songs that contains 82 songs. That's right. Wow. <laughs> it certainly does. Wow.
1: Um, But I tried to move the finalists to the top of the list. So I'm going to go ahead and start off with a cover song of a Peter Gabriel piece called Come Talk to Me. Peter Gabriel originally did Come Talk to Me on his album that has a red background and he's in a blue suit. I can't think of it. Um. But Peter Gabriel put out this um, double disc called "Scratch My Back and I'll Scratch Yours" in 2010, and he basically does cover songs uh, that he loves and respects of different artists on disc one, and then they on disc two do a cover version of one of his songs. That makes sense, yeah. So he sings all of disc one, but none of the songs are his. So he does "Heroes" by David Bowie, "The Boy in the Bubble" by Paul Simon, you know "Flume" by Bon Iver, etc. Uh, "Listening Wind" by the Talking Heads, and so my choice is "Come Talk to Me" by Bon Iver. I think it's just gorgeous. And I I apologize for not knowing ahead of time, the Peter Gabriel album that it's originally on. Is it us? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See the red with the blue. (laughs) That was right. Okay. Uh, Sorry, everybody. We're looking at our screens right now. So come talk to me by Bonnie Vere is just a stunning, gorgeous. And I think even an improvement of a, um, of a cover song for Peter Gabriel. The original is terrific, but Bonnie Vare's version is more ethereal and it's a little more desperate and plaintive. And um, I think it's, it's a classic. The other song I'd recommend from that double CD, scratch my back and I'll scratch yours is Peter Gabriel's cover of the book of love by the magnetic fields. Uh, It's a really beautiful version. The book of love is long and boring la 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 it's really he does a pretty job of it oh cool
0: i recommend that as well Uh, all right when you you you? first said the book of love i was thinking of um
1: who wrote the book of love
0: yeah that (laughs) okay my number five is it possible for a cover to be done by the artist who actually originally wrote the song yes because that's what i have chosen I have chosen Carol King's version of Will You Love Me Tomorrow? king wrote will you love me tomorrow right but it was popularized by the shirelles who had a a take on that song it was it was they they did a girl group version of that song right a 60s girl group version of that song and it's really lovely and it's upbeat and it's fun and it's fun to sing and all of that stuff but when you get to carol king's version of the song it's very slow she slows it way down and she makes it more like a folk song. Um, And the reason why I love it is because the Sherelle's version is, um, it's, it's fun. It has like that teenage energy to it, you know, but the way that Carol King sings it, when she sings it slow, you actually understand the emotion that is coming with the song, which is a very teenage emotion. Like what she's tapping into is maybe, the most important question that teenagers ask which is okay i'm doing this with you but will you still love me tomorrow right and it feels like the entire world and your entire future hinges on that question that's a great example so so she wrote
1: it but who was it the shirelles
0: mm-hmm. yeah the they shirelles recorded it first i know okay but I mean, she was in the Brill Building, right? So she was part of that sort of like hit machine, just kind of writing songs for all of these, you know, artists that were coming through and stuff. You know, this is a religion and pop culture podcast sometimes. And so we <laughs> we use words like that a lot when we talk about like, the you know, in scripture where it's like, the kingdom of heaven is like, and you use like an example from this earth to kind of point towards a heavenly reality. And that's what it that's what it feels like songs like this do is that it takes this very simple idea of, you know, teenage sexuality and escapades and stuff like that, but asks a really pointed question, which is Am I going to have a partner on the other side of this? Or am I going to be alone again? All right. What's your number four? Well it's like or what's your next song? <laughs> <laughs> my next
1: pick I'm, I'm gonna kind of feed off of your theme and um i'm gonna make my next uh covers pick a cover of britney spears's baby one more time by fountains of Wayne.
0: show me how you want it to be tell me baby because i need to know
1: And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a similar idea to what you're saying. Um, her song is, you know, her song is a pop song and hit me baby one more time. Well, uh, Fountains of Wayne uh, is a band out of New Jersey, I believe. They take it down to guitars and drums and um, they bring out the pain of the song. I mean, the song is like intense and they bring that out. It's like, my loneliness is killing me. You know, I, there it is. I must confess, I still believe when I'm not with you, I lose my mind. Give me a sign. Hit me, baby, one more time. And that's, that's not fun and games. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and Fountains of Wayne, I think, you know, they're, they're the kind of band that would probably do that tongue in cheek. But I think the earnestness of their, uh, of their um, cover version, whether or not they were doing it tongue in cheek belies that and yeah. I think they're smart enough to know that that they're bringing out the pain, the painful aspect of the song. So that's my second
0: pick fountains of Wayne were they the ones that did like um Stacy's mom? Yeah, that was your big point. okay because I I think to myself like um okay, so they're probably, I don't know, like these they're trying to be funny. like there was a there was a band called Alien Ant Farm that did a cover of Smooth Criminal by mm-hmm. Michael Jackson. And I got the feeling like they were trying to do it ironically because Alien Ant Farm were like a punk band. And when you did the Fountains of Wayne baby one more time, I was like, okay, is this one of those, oh, we're being funny and ironic with our guitars and drums uh, playing a, you know, a pop song by the queen of pop, right? Britney Spears. But it sounds like it. it is not. Sort of um, cynical or anything like that. Yeah, I, I think they're they're probably sincere
1: despite themselves. It just comes through. Um, Stacy's mom is kind of an anomaly in their catalog. I mean, it is so like Stacy's mom has got it going on. I mean, that's annoying right there. But um, <laughs> they've got some great albums, and um, I think that the 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 phrase that describes their kind of music what's it called power pop or something. Uh, is what they were categorized as. And I think they're smart. I mean, Adam Schlesinger was one of the two main guys of the band, and he's the one who died early in uh, the COVID uh, pandemic, mm. like April 2020. And he did, he won awards, didn't he? He did like, um he did music for TV shows and things. Oh. Um, he was somewhat famous. Um, oh, he did That Thing You Do, the Tom Hanks movie. He wrote that title track. Oh okay. The original score for Cry Baby. Okay. What's your second pick?
0: Okay, uh my second pick is the song Strawberry Letter 23. Uh it is a funk song from the 1970s. Most popular most the most popular version is by uh The Brothers Johnson. Hello my love. I heard a kiss from you. Produced by Quincy Jones. Uh, But it was originally a song written by a guy named Shuggy Otis. Shuggy Otis. Uh, In 1971 is when Shuggy wrote Strawberry Letter 23. The cover from the Brothers Johnson um, has like the intro that feels, you know, it's like these bell sounds. That Sh- yeah. and these these are on like the Shugie version too, where it's like ding den, ding, ding, de-ding, de-ding, ding 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 And <laughs> and then and then the Brothers Johnson version goes into like straight up like funk groove from there. So like the bass comes in is like boom 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 and like starts walking that beat right. And whereas like and it's a it's a total. The reason that it stands out to me as a cover is because when you listen to the original, the original feels like a demo version of the song. It's just so stripped down and so mm. simple because it's just this one guy. And I think Shuggy Otis, when he wrote it, he was like 16 or 17 or something like that. He's just like young teenager or something, uh-huh. um, or at least a really young guy. Maybe he was in his 20s. But then by the time the brothers Johnson get it and by the time Quincy Jones is producing it, like all of a sudden it like it has like this gravitas to it and like all of the sound and all of this instrumentality and stuff. Is,
1: is there something in the song that re, is, does it become clear what a strawberry letter number 23
0: is? Oh, you know what? I don't think I've ever really play, paid attention to the lyrics at all. Oh, song. okay.
1: <laughs> okay. So they don't sing like I'm sending you strawberry letter number twenty three.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. Um. Yeah, you know what? Sometimes I. It's so funny. I've never really like. There are some songs where I really pay attention to the lyrics, and I'm focused on the lyrics. And uh-huh. then there are some songs that the only thing that I'm listening to is the groove, and I have no idea what the lyrics are. And strawberry letter twenty three is one that I have no idea what the lyrics are necessarily. Uh, Hello, my love. I heard a kiss from you. Red magic satin playing near to all through the morning rain. I gaze the sun doesn't shine rainbows and waterfalls run through my mind. Oh, sounds very seventies. sounds like a disco song, but it's a funk song.
1: All right. Well, I've got my third pick. Okay. Third pick. Uh, You know, I, I realized that the the first two picks I've given are um, were hits originally, uh, you know, at some level. Come talk to me was released as a single, um, and of course, maybe one more time. And so I thought maybe I'll pick something out of the eighty two songs I have uh, that might be more obscure. And so the song I'm going to pick, and it's a very specific cover. Uh, the original was sung by a guy named Andy Preboy who's from the band Wall of Voodoo I almost picked this for my popping playlist once but I dropped it out it's um, it's called Tomorrow Wendy and it's by the cover version is by a band called Concrete Blonde oh Yeah, yes. so Concrete Blonde covering a song by Andy Preboy of Wall of Voodoo, but it's his own song, and um, the live version is. It's important uh, that I'm talking specifically about the live version because um, the lead singer of Concrete Blonde, who, of course, I haven't researched, so I don't know her name, but um, she she says at the beginning. She says, this is a song by a friend of ours, Andy Preboy of Wall of Voodoo. And basically, he wrote this song after a good friend of his named Wendy died of AIDS. Wow. And it's a cry of anger. Um, he is furious. And um, the the refrain is, hey, hey, goodbye. Tomorrow, Wendy's going to die. And I'm always like slammed down by verse three uh, because it is... <laughs> it's particularly brutal and it's about priests actually so um so she she sings they sing this live version it's on a it's on a uh compilation concrete blonde cd called still in hollywood the verse she sings is um i feel like i might have quoted this in a previous episode but i told the priest don't count on any second coming god got his ass kicked the first time he came down here slumming He had the balls to come, the gall to die, and then forgive us. No, I don't wonder why. I wonder what he thought it would get us. Hey, hey, goodbye. Tomorrow, Wendy's going to die. And she belts it out. She's got this, like, powerful voice. And she's like, hey, hey, goodbye. Tomorrow, Wendy's going to die. So, I mean, it's just a powerful verse. It's a rage against God. You know, why did you bother coming down to save us if there's all this suffering we have to undergo? Yeah. And so I just think it's it's an amazing song. And um, the the original, I think she they improve on the original because they bring out the ferociousness of it. You know, he's a little more kind of even keeled as he's singing these intense lyrics,
0: but she just live kind of belts it out. So it's a great song. So, completionists with the Popping Collars podcasts. So, those people that listen to every one of our episodes, and God bless you, I don't know who these people are, but there's got to be some, <laughs> will know that we talked about Concrete Blonde. Betsy and I talked about Concrete Blonde when we discussed the film Pump Up the Volume. Oh, on going on 30. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because. In the movie, they have the Leonard Cohen version of Everybody Knows at the beginning of the movie with the opening credits. But if you got the soundtrack, I guess they couldn't get Leonard Cohen's version. So the version of Everybody Knows that's on the soundtrack is the Concrete Blonde version. Oh, well, listen to that. Yeah. And so when the movie started, I remembered thinking... Gosh, this sounds like raspy Leonard Cohen, not Concrete Blondes. And then I realized that like, oh, it's because my soundtrack is doesn't have the Leonard Cohen version. So, How interesting. Well, just to add another layer to that, um, the CD still
1: in Hollywood that is the compilation of Concrete Blonde songs that culminates in Tomorrow Windy Live has their version of Everybody Knows on it. And to sneak something in that's not one of my picks. You said I could. Uh one of my almost picks is a cover version of Everybody Knows <laughs> 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 by Rufus Wainwright. Um that's uh it's it's from a, a movie that I think is sort of a tribute concert for Leonard Cohen. I want to say it might have been after he died that they put this together. And Rufus Wainwright was pal's. You know, he knew Leonard Cohen. They're both Canadians and Rufus's father was Loudon Wainwright. And he, you know, all the Canadians yeah. hung out together, all the artists. Right. Well, what I like about Rufus Wainwright's version is that he he makes it almost like a cabaret song. Like, Everybody knows that the dice is loaded. Everybody knows that the good guy's lost. It's that sounded like a bad Bob Dylan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everybody
1: knew. <laughs> yeah, you should have covered it. Um, but he but Rufus <laughs> Wainwright, it's it's really good. It's sort of sexy, cynical, and cabaret-y. It's like, oh well, everybody knows what
0: the heck, let's just sing. Uh, yeah, it. let's just party and dance. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: Very ecclesiastes, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so that was my third pick.
0: Okay. So my okay. So my third pick, I think you're gonna roll your eyes when I tell you this, but okay. I picked uh, Mrs. Robinson by the Lemonheads. Sitting on a sofa on a Sunday afternoon Go to a candidate's debate
1: Laugh about it, shout about it when you've got to choose Everywhere you look at it, a lose Where have you gone? Show the magic of our nation That you say, Mrs. Robinson. Joe and Joe has left and gone away. Hey, hey, hey. Hey,
0: hey, hey. This is one of those. So we've been talking about like reinterpretation of the song and like all this stuff. When the Lemon Heads do Mrs. Robinson, it's Mrs. Robinson. Like it's it's Mrs. Robinson. Like that it, it is what it is. Like it's the song. That Simon and Garfunkel sing. So there's no reinterpretation to it except that, you know, I was just listening to it the other day and I was like, you know what? I'm going to put this on my list because I'm hearing something different, which is that it's totally, it's the opposite of what I was saying about Strawberry Letter 23, where, um, you know, the Brothers Johnson took this little simple song and like churched it up a lot and made it into like a bigger song. What the Lemonheads do is take Mrs. Robinson, which is like a beautiful Simon and Garfunkel song, and they sing it almost exactly the same way, but it feels totally stripped of like all of the power of the song. So that I was thinking as I was listening to it, where I was like, I found myself almost singing the words in monotone. Along with the Lemonheads version, it felt like it was almost like a defeated way of singing the song. Even though it's faster, and even though it feels more punk, there's some there's an edge to it that makes it feels like it makes it feel like you're going through the motions when you're singing the song. And here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. Jesus loves you more than you will know. Uh, You know, that kind of thing, right? It's like, okay, we got it. It's Mrs. Robinson. We're just singing this song. And there's no sort of verve or life to it. And I feel like there's something in that stripping away of the layers of the song that reveals something that's at the core of the song, which is, listen, like, where have you gone, Joe DiMaggio? Our nation turns its lonely eyes to you. Like there's a way that Paul Simon sings that, that sounds beautiful and lovely. And there's a way that the Lemonheads sing that, that sounds defeated. <laughs> and, and and so that's what I, that's what I appreciate about uh, the Lemonheads cover of Mrs. Robinson is that it's a straightforward cover, but when you kind of listen to the way that they do it, it's a, it is a reinterpretation even though the music isn't really that different from the original
1: i think what you're correct me if i'm wrong but i think what you're saying about that cover version is that um it's almost a little more deadened than the original um and it may, that makes me think of the last scene of the graduate you know the movie that it's right where they're out in the back of the bus they've escaped the whole wedding situation and they're just kind of smiling and excited and, you know, from the adrenaline of of kind of re- rescuing her from the from the wedding. Uh, and then suddenly their faces just slowly start falling. Mm-hmm. And they're just mm-hmm. kind of looking, staring blankly. And all the people on the bus are turning back and staring at them. They're in the back seat. And you get this sense of they're thinking, now what are we going to do?
0: You right. Know? We're already on our fourth pick. We get to do honorable mentions, don't we? Sure, you can throw in. I am not Betsy, so you can throw in as many honorable mentions as you want. Yeah,
1: Betsy's she's rough,
0: she does not. She is a rule follower, she really you know is. what I'm saying? She really is. Okay, but but don't leave that in the podcast. <laughs> I think it makes her a good priest. Can I? Just oh, there it? you go. Yeah, it's the reason why she's a good priest and I'm not a priest because she's a rule follower.
1: <laughs> oh. oh. Um, Okay, well, I'm going to, once again, I'm going to riff on your choice. And my fourth choice is a similar thing. It's a, well, I'll just tell you, it's a cover of I Can't Get No Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones done by Devo. Yeah. It's, it's great. I think they, they sing it in this sort of almost robotic voice. Again, get, no. And that's their persona, right? Like Devo is like devolution. You know, that's a big theory they had about how, you know, the world was going to become this kind of mass produced impersonal thing where people would be marketed brands themselves. Oh, surprise. (laughs) And, um, and, and things would basically not be real or creative and, you know, often they dressed up in sort of androidy-looking outfits that all looked the same with those cone hats and things. I love the subtext for me in that in in the cover version is so Mick Jagger is singing about like unrequited horniness, you know, basically, and they're like robots. <laughs> <laughs> singing about i can't get no satisfaction and it's all, it's almost like they're undercutting the human aspect of that unrequited you know lust or whatever mm-hmm. but they're they're robots who either want it but can't get it because it's not in their nature or he's just sort of making a little bit of a uh an ironic twist uh on the on the theme you know and even at the end it's almost like his voice gets caught right uh she says, maybe, 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 maybe maybe come back later next week. remember because you see on on a lose and sweet, I think it's it's kind of hilarious, but it's also just kind of um, it's got such a bounce to it, a good poppy, slightly punky bounce to it that really uh i I prefer it to the original. I mean, I would listen to Devo's version as I did today, five or six times. Um, And maybe because the Rolling Stones is so famous, but um, of course it's a great original, but I love that they do this sort of animatronic take on desire. I can't get no satisfaction by Devo. That's my fourth pick.
0: Okay. I may be making something up. So I'm looking it up as I'm talking to you. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that I can't get no satisfaction was listed as like the greatest rock song of all time by Rolling Stone or something like that. You're probably right. Yeah. Or or a, or at least number 1 or number
1: 2. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. So the 500 greatest songs of all time. This is dated September 26, 2021. Oh, never mind. The Rolling Stone it's number 31. Oh, my. Well, I'm gonna I am going to say in my fantasy world that at one point I can't get no satisfaction was was voted the greatest rock and roll song of all time, or at least near the top. It's certainly the song that you think of when you think of the Rolling Stones, the band. I would say that it is a like a career-defining song. All that oh. is to say that rock and roll is about young people, sex, rebellion, all of this stuff, right? It's about emotion. That's, I mean, that's what rock and roll is about. That's what the, the genre of music is about. And for Devo to take all of that and just basically sanitize all of it into like this other thing, right? This sort of like digital form. It's uh-huh. It's almost the ultimate commentary on what rock and roll is, right? If you strip rock and roll of all of the human stuff, that makes it the genre that it is, and you sing the exact same song, is it still rock and roll? (laughs) Right, right, right. All right, I got two more. I can get through this next one really fast. If I thought that you were going to roll your eyes at the Lemonheads, then you're definitely going to roll your eyes at this one. Oh, Greg, come on. At some point, covers are just fun to me and funny to me like i i mean we've talked about the seriousness of covers but there's also covers that are completely unserious and that's the one that i've picked i've picked common people by william shatner
1: <gasps> yes <laughs> that's right
0: you'll never live like common people you'll never do whatever common
1: people do you'll never fail like common people you'll never watch your life slide out of you and dance and drink and screw because there's nothing, else, there's to nothing
0: else
1: to do i just found that looking doing this research that is hilarious
0: yes so here's the thing common people was a song by pulp pulp was yeah the yeah pulp did common people yeah pulp. Um, and it's you know, it's like a it's like a 90s, you know, alternative rock staple, you know, fun kind of disaffected lyric that were all over the place in the 90s. well, when you put those words in the mouth of William Shatner, who's doing like his spoken word William Shatner thing and saying, I want to live like common people. it just takes on a whole, new reality and it makes me laugh and giggle and there's something just you know so funny about it but also you know kind of cute about it too like there's some there's just like he's bringing so much extra to the lyric that um that every time i hear it i think oh, this is this is great this is what covers are all about for me and so <laughs> The common people by William Shatner. The only reason I picked it really is because it's kind of funny.
1: So, Greg, I I just I commend you for that choice. It it was way down on my list, and I had never heard of it until I did like the little research I was doing. It's like, oh, I want to find what are the best ones. And I I have I love tons and tons of cover songs already. Mm -hmm. But I thought, well, I should see what the best ones are or whatever. And I looked at scoured all kinds of lists, and it was on one of the lists. Oh, you was know. it really? Wow. Yeah, like number eighty or something. <laughs>
0: yeah, number eighty um, is
1: about right. Oh, <laughs> given that there are anyway, but it, it's it's you know, it's a certain it's certainly a curiosity, but you're right. Um c- can I say something about that song, Common sure. People? Um, I actually I I really I didn't know it when it first came out. You know, I saw the album, the pulp album and I finally listened to the song just kind of by accident and I read the lyrics and it's actually pretty incisive. It sounds kind of goofy, but it's basically this guy meets this woman and she's wealthy and she says, oh, I want to live like the common people. I want to, you know, and he says, you know, you're never going to live like common people because you can always be rescued by your dad. He says, this is what common people live like. Rent a flat above a shop, cut your hair and get a job, smoke some fags and play some pool, pretend you never went to school, but still you'll never get it right. Because when you're laying in bed at night watching roaches climb the wall, if you called your dad, you could stop it all. Yeah, you'll never live like common people. You'll never do what common people do. You'll never fail like common people. You'll never watch your life slide out of view and then dance and drink and screw because there's nothing else to do. Yeah. That's pretty intense. <laughs>
0: Dude, that is... Crazy intense. Now I imagine William Shatner saying it. I know. I know. That's (laughs) what's great about that version.
1: Are you sure you want to live like common people?
0: You know? Um, Oh, that was way more serious than I thought my William Shatner pick would go.
1: (laughs) Hey, William Shatner is not joking around.
0: (laughs) He's actually a really great actor. He just did Hamlet when he was really young. And it affected the rest of his career. Jeez. Oh, yes. <laughs> but wait, isn't
1: that William Shatner in that amazing Twilight Zone episode? Yeah. He's oh, yeah with the gremlin.
0: Yeah. That
1: I watched that episode on an airplane, I think. hmm And I jumped when he opens the thing of the airplane and the the gremlin's yeah, the little face there. Like, yeah. I gasped out loud. <laughs> People looked at me. <laughs> that's a great episode okay um my fifth pick but not final i'll just put that out there because i'm gonna keep talking all right. after you do your fifth pick um you know i'm torn there's so many so many great songs um i will pick a song all right i'm gonna pick this uh it's a cover version of i will survive originally done by gloria Gaynor but it's in spanish and it's sung by Celia Cruz and it's a very specific version of it it's uh, it's the asucar remix no oh, the sugar remix the sugar remix because uh asucar para ti remix and it starts out just like the original with the with the piano but then she starts singing in spanish and Celia Cruz is like a she's an icon she passed away, you know, I don't know, seven years ago. But she's just an icon of Latin American music. Just glorious. And the gays love her. And, you know, she was just like like the Dolly Parton, if you will, of Latin America. <muchas> she did this cover of i will survive called yo viviré which is i will survive um and the music sounds a lot like the original but she updates it because the lyrics are not about surviving you know uh an affair that ends right a love affair that ends like gloria Gaynor's. it's about how she will survive after she's dead in her music. And in the, anytime you, you, you dance to my songs, I will be there. And, and the way she sings it is just so she's, she's the real deal. You know, she's like, as I say, she's a, she's an icon. Um. So I guess, I guess I can't really read you the lyrics. <laughs> I, guess I sort of have to translate them, but she basically, she says, wherever, in in the soul of my people in the skin of the drum in the hands of the conga player in the feet of the dancers i will survive i will be there as you're as you're dancing the rumba or you hear my voice i will always be what i i will be what i always was i will bring you my sugar i will survive i will survive and it's a statement you know that coming from someone who's so beloved yeah and of course now she has died Um, it's a beautiful thing about, it's an artistic statement, isn't it? She's like, my my love will always be there. And my voice will always be there. As long as you listen to me, I will survive. So it's, it's gorgeous. It's, it's fantastic. It's a, it's a dance song. You know, the remix is really uh, pumped up and um, you know, the violins are in there, the whole business. And I just, I just think it's a, it's such a life affirming uh, take on that song uh, Gloria Gaynor's is fantastic as well, yeah. but she's about she's all about surviving an affair and moving on. Gloria um Celia Cruz is about you know living on after she's dead because it'll be you know her 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 the the love she shared, the music she shared in her life is her legacy. So
0: that's my fifth pick. That makes me think of two things really quickly. One yep. is it makes me think of the movie Coco. Have you seen Coco? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that And just that idea of memory and, you know, music and memory and how, like, um, how memories, you know, are connections to immortality, right? Like, as when people remember us or when people remember our music, it, it keeps our spirit alive, you know? Right, right. That's, or, right. Or, Cocoa, which that's I, right. I love that thought. Whenever I think of eternal life or something like that, that makes more sense to me than any other sort of form, this idea of like memory and stuff. Um, And then the other thing is that I was listening to a pod. I'm going to date our podcast now, but uh the Mark Maron podcast came out today and he was interviewing Rob Halford from Judas Priest, the lead singer of Judas Priest. And... Um, and Rob Halford was talking about nostalgia and he was like, I get it. I get the way that nostalgia is used, like the way that the word is used in our current culture, you know, as like this thing of like, Oh, you're just trying to appeal to like old memories or trying to make me remember an older version of myself in order to sell me something, you know, that kind of thing. But he's like, but there's so much, there's so much power that's tied up in memory and remembering right and so he he basically did this whole like pivot on the word nostalgia and like stripped it of all of its negative energy and just loaded it up with like a bunch of like positive images and it made me just reevaluate how i use that word kind of moving forward and um so anyway, uh, yeah, just that that idea of thinking about music, memory, song, meaning, life, survival. All right, well those are my five. And what's your fifth? Okay, so my fifth one comes with a story. I mean, this is PC music diary after all, so. Oh, oops. Uh-huh. And you know, I I'm not saying this is a prerequisite for our lists going forward, but this one does have a story. Um, and, again, you're going to roll your eyes at me. Oh, good. I know you're going to roll your eyes at me this time. Okay. But, um, but my uh, fifth pick is Just Breathe, as covered by Willie Nelson and Lucas Nelson, originally performed by your favorite band, Ricardo, Pearl Jam. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I understand. That every life must end uh-huh. As we sit along I know someday we must go uh-huh. Oh, I'm a lucky man To count on both hands The ones I love Some folks just have one, you know, others they've got
1: none.
0: Oh. Stay with me, Oh, let's just breathe.
1: just breathe. So, does Willie Nelson like is he basically going, ha <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, everybody that knows the song Just Breathe knows that it's a very pretty song. And actually, Eddie Vedder sings it very well, I would say. Like he like doesn't, you can understand? He doesn't mumble his way through it. He sings it, yeah, he, sing, he sings it pretty clearly. Um, okay, so the story that comes with the song, it's a seminary story. So when we were graduating from seminary, I don't know if you remember this, but we had to write these essays that went into like a book and this book got sent out to parishes dioceses, like around the country and it was basically like advertising the senior class of cdsp and here are the you know here are some priests for you to look at and pay attention to and blah, blah blah so um when I was in seminary with you guys. I obviously wasn't on ordination track. So I had no idea what I was going to do when I graduated with an MDiv because I didn't really have a diocese to go back to or anything like that. And so I had written this essay and I had sent it out and, um, you know, it had gone out with this book. Well, lo and behold, there was a priest in St. Louis, Missouri. His name was Jim Purdy. Great guy. Um, he and his church at St. Peter's in St. Louis were looking for a director of children and youth ministries. And I don't know what I said in my essay, but what Jim has told me is that he got a copy of that book uh sent to that and sent to Saint Peter's, sent to the parish. And he read my essay in that book, and he went to the next vestry meeting and he opened up the book to my page and he put it on the table in front of the vestry. And he said, this is our new director of children and youth ministry. Whoa. And the week after he did that, he called me and I'm in Berkeley, you know, and this is like February of our senior year or something like that. And I just get this call from this priest in St. Louis and he says, I want you to fly out to my parish and I want to meet you. And I want to interview you for a job that we have. And I was like, oh, okay. And uh, so I did. So I flew out to St. Louis. And it must have gone well because I ended up getting offered the job. So as I'm about to leave, my my very last thing that we're doing is... Um, there's an associate priest who's at that church her name is Kelly Carlson. We went to seminary with her. She was in, she was in the class uh before us, right? In seminary. Uh-huh. And um and so we're having lunch before I'm about to leave. And as we're having lunch in this little St. Louis diner the Pearl Jam version of this song comes on the radio, just breathe. And it was the most perfect assurance that I was exactly where I was supposed to be. And I've realized that every call to ministry that I've had since then has paled in that call because At some point, it wasn't really a call, right? It was me looking for another job and I applied for another job and I either got the other job or I didn't get the other job. This was the only time where I literally was called on the phone and said, hey, do you want to do ministry with us or not? And made the decision to say yes. And after saying yes, Was met by a song saying "Just Breathe," and so I always think of this song whenever I hear it. And the reason that I pick, uh, I picked the Willie Nelson version of the song is because, you know, while I love Pearl Jam and I love Eddie Vedder, there's a weight to the song that requires age and it requires, um, um, this sense of looking back over a life lived and recognizing that not everything is perfect, but you just breathe your way through it. Like that's what life is. It's just breathing your way through it. And Willie is able to sing that with his son in a way that captures what it means to be human following a call on this planet. And so just breathe by Willie Nelson and Lucas Nelson is my last bit.
1: That's really wonderful. Gosh. Who knew Eddie Vedder could be the uh vehicle by which uh her <laughs> her <laughs> 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 by which something profound comes. But you know what? It's it's <laughs> that is very possible. Did the rector there ever tell
0: you what in your essay spoke to him? No. Uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I did this really cheeky thing where I started the essay with like, I don't know, something like I was standing at a crossroads or, you know, it's just something like bizarre because everybody else had like a Bible quote Yep. first and then something else. But I was like, I'm going to zag here um, and <laughs> wrote something, wrote something that I thought would get somebody's attention. And, um, and so I think that's, I think that's probably what it was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, he's really cool. He's, he's a great guy and, um, has stood by me in my struggles to, you know, follow ordained ministry and the call, you know, my, my call to ordain ministry that will never be lived out. He's, he's been in my corner the entire time, which has been great. Oh,
1: that's yeah. terrific. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: gosh, so God, those little booklets worked at least in this. One, I isn't? know I was shocked. Yeah, I told um, what was it, Ann? What was her name? Ann Coburn, and she rest in peace. Yeah, yeah, she passed away. But I remember, uh, I went to her office after I got that call and I was like, Ann, your books work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Just for the record, I, I did not use a scripture quote uh, to open my little essay. I used a Leonard Cohen lyric, and I don't quite remember, but it might have been the one from Anthem. Ring the bells that still can ring, forget your perfect offering, there is a crack in everything, that's how the light gets
0: in. It wasn't everybody knows that the dice started. <laughs> 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 no. <laughs>
1: Who knows? That might've got me a job because um, mine didn't. I <laughs> Certainly that quote didn't. Um, anyway, that's terrific. That's my just breathe story. That's a good just breathe story. And um, gosh, I think that's the only time I've ever liked Pearl Jam. Um, uh,
0: okay. Thank you for talking cover songs with me, Ricardo. Absolutely. Greg, thank you. What are your favorite cover songs? Email us. Maybe we'll read it. Probably we won't. You know, it's just the way that emails work. With them. I'll read it. I'll read it. Just <laughs> forward them to me, Greg. I'll read it. I don't know. Have you seen the emails from our fans? Have I sent you these? Never. Incoherent. I mean, it just, I can't. <laughs> are, they, are they bots or something? I don't know. Do you think we have a lot of bot fans? Maybe because what? they're listening to they're listening to Devo's version of I Can't Get No Satisfaction <laughs> or the Lemonheads' version of Mrs. Robinson. That's right. Oh. Wow. All right, before we start talking covers again and do another hour, we should probably end it here. So, uh thank you for listening to the PC Music Diary. We will see you next time and keep those collars popped. Pop 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 I can't pop pop. pop, pop. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs>